I would have the all the machines laid out. Sometimes four or five. I just like put them a little bit diagonally. Yes. But you used to need like the whole station. Yes. Yeah. Like there what for me there wasn't this like I'm gonna work off a tray bullshit. Now you just need this little little area, right, yeah. bro. And like you were getting ready for war, bro. Yeah. Like you had everything <laughs> out. There's a fight. <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by Saniderm. That sh- can heal anything. Damn. Thank you guys for joining us on today's episode of Unemployable Podcast. Today we have Loco Dharma with us. Thank you for joining us, man. Thank you for so having me, guys. Coming from Miami, right? That's right. Where exactly? Well, I actually have the shop in Miami Springs. Cool. It's a very small city right between the Hialeah City and the Miami International Airport. So it's a lot a lot of times confused with car. What is it? Car, uh, Coral Springs. Coral Springs. Coral Springs. Oh, is okay. it in the little roundabout? It is the one that, yeah, yeah I'm nice. right there in the little roundabout. Yeah, mm. You're down by there. I don't live by there, but I work by I used to yeah. work at the Hylia Courthouse, which is like right. Oh, okay, so yeah, a few blocks away. Yeah. And then it's Dharma Studios? Dharma, yeah. Cool, awesome. And then how long have you guys been open, man? Man, I opened up in 2006. Awesome. Oh, nice. Coming on 18 years now. Heck yeah, man. I paid a lot of rent. <laughs> 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 you said it, it's just you there? Right now it is. Yeah. Right now it is. Has so, it not always been that way? No. My shop is about 1,850 square feet, so it's a pretty big shop. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I usually was four to five artists with a piercer and then, you know, the counter people. Right. From time to time, an apprentice. I wasn't really big into the apprenticeships. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that was, I mean, quite a few people in there for yeah, yeah. the grand majority of the time that it was open. But after the whole pandemic, I realized that um, I am a lot more comfortable with me for myself sure you know the uh the fact that i was talking to you earlier the fact that after 20 years that's when i could find myself being a tattoo artist right. rather than a business owner because right. i mean when you own a business you have to kind of split yourself and i split myself three ways business owner tattooer and then the main which is my family so yeah it's a lot to split yourself into right it's a lot it's a, <laughs> it's a lot yeah and it's funny you brought that up because um i've been some visiting Visiting some tattooers recently, getting tattooed uh, by, like, people in my eyes that are, like, these really big-time, like, artists, artists. Yeah. Not owning the shop, yeah. right? So, like, going to someone else's shop and getting tattooed by Purely this artist. Art, yeah. And I'm like, wow, this looks nice. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. they don't have to, like, worry about any of, like, the, the shop bullshit or numbers or pleasing the yeah. people or dealing with clients or the reputation or the responsibility they're like, yeah, I woke up, like, I got to focus all my time on the so, art. I got to come in. I didn't have to deal with anything. I get anything. to drink two cups of coffee and do the outline. Yeah. Study it and just, you know, yeah. cruise through and get there. And I have to worry about absolutely anything, you know. And sometimes I'll ask myself, like, would I be a better tattoo artist yeah. without having to run a tattoo shop? And get to spend more time focusing on the art. I'm going to be honest with you. Again, um, I just literally started going um, private for the first time two years ago. Three years ago? So like around COVID. Yeah, Yeah, COVID. When COVID hit. That was the first time that I ever, ever went private. Um, And I realized one thing. And it's crazy to think, but I realized one thing. And I'm a numbers guy, so I always look at my numbers, right? Numbers don't lie. That's the way I see it. Um. 
So to answer your question, I think that you produce so much more when you have peace of mind and you don't see it because you think the more ha- the more hands, the more right. money, the more income, right? But the more hands, the more income, but also the more headaches and the more right. things you have to cater to and take care of. So if you are an owner, but you also are a tattoo artist and you love tattooing as much as I do, running a shop will take away from that. Right. So to answer your question, I have proven that yes when you don't have to babysit and again with all the respect to all the tours we all know <laughs> yeah. sometimes you have to babysit your employees when you don't have to babysit your employees and you could focus on you and your trade and what you do and your client everything built up everything yeah. comes up you have no other worries right you know paying the bills is not a problem i've done that for a long time you know it's the running the shop itself and all of the personalities that you put inside a melting pot and then having to keep pulling strings to make sure that the ship stays, you know, somewhat within a straight direction. But yeah, you definitely get a, yeah. Same concept, smaller situation. When I started tattooing, I would do several tattoos a day, you know, two, three, five, you know, Friday the 13th, a million. (laughs) Uh, And it kind of came down to like quantity quality, right? And maybe five, six years ago, you know, I decided I was only going to do one tattoo a day, you know, Um, because I could put all the focus on that one tattoo, that one client, that one experience. Mm -hmm. And my artwork improved a great deal. Needless to say that when you run the way you were running before, you're going to run into a lot of issues. Like, for example, you think, well, I'm going to do this main tattoo at 11 and it's going to run until about four right, o'clock right. and then i want to give my next appointment at five because that gives me an hour to cool off between right. what you don't realize is that the whole idea that you had set up changed now all of a sudden it's one o'clock and you still find yourself putting the piece together yeah. and now you know you have another three four hours to tattoo it so guess what your five o'clock became a six thirty maybe right. seven right which means that your seven eight o'clock which was a small little shit oh fuck it i could just push it in there became a night your whole day's ruined. Right, now you many very yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now you're working faster whether you want to or not you're working faster because you have two other tattoos to take care of so unintentionally you do end up shaving off from the quality of the piece itself right just because you have the responsibility of doing those other two so yeah your new your new way is the way to go right and it affects the experience of the client as well because most of the time they're waiting yeah. you know even like if they come in the shop, you can't give them full attention because you're working with someone else. It's very much like, hey, how are you? Please sit down. I'll be with you in an yeah. hour. Have three coffees. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just read the magazine. Go grab lunch or That's something. That's the magazine you read last time. Just read them again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, definitely. Have you been dealing with that or not so much? Well, yeah, you kind of have me moving on to the one a day kind of focus. Like try to prioritize like getting a full day appointment and focusing all your energy on one tattoo. Yeah. Um, as someone who's learning, I definitely think it helps me learn because I'm not rushing to get onto the next tattoo. That's right. So, like, you know, that process does, I think, help you as an artist improve for yeah. sure. Yeah. But that's I, not always an option for newer tattooers. No, because I also think tattooing as much as you can is also just as important when you're learning. It is. Um, but here's my take on that. And, again, I mean, I've, I've done it all. I've gone from tattooing seven days a, a week 12 to 14 hours a day to shave down to tattoo, three appointments a day to two appointments a day to one appointment a day to shoot uh, 
one appointment a day with a couple of squeezes in between. I also do piercing, so I shop the piercing. You're wild. I, I do, <laughs> do it all. I yeah. do it all. I'm, I'm an orchestra. Man. Right. <laughs> so it's funny because that's the one thing that I always used to tell my, 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 my guys, you know, when they started like acting up, I'm like, listen, just remember two things. First, I didn't look for you. You came here looking for a job. Yeah. Second, remember this. There's nothing you could do that I cannot do myself. And I don't want to sound like an a-hole, but maybe I'll do it the same or better. So at right. the end of it all, you have no leverage on me. The leverage is that I want people to actually be on the ship so we could sell the ship together, right? So it's good when you know how to do all of these things. So going back to what you're saying, um, yeah, it is true that the more hours you put under your sleeve, the better you're going to get. But here's my question to you. Are you doing this for a little bit or are you doing this for the long haul? Yeah, for the long haul, of course. So what's yeah. the rush? Exactly, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I love being able to take that time. But I feel like it takes an artist to get to a certain point to be able to get like that, you know, to be able to focus on one piece a day and then, you know, like... Sure, because at this point, you're trying to juggle between the income, which at the end, we all need an income, and the amount of time that you put into a tattoo itself rather than given it the extra hour to really just focus and mm -hmm. have to get it in so I could get the next one. My advice to you, Cam, would be this. Forget about the income. I am a strong believer that if you're good at what you do and you love what you do, money will follow. I believe that's the, the same. one advice that I've given every single young tattooer that has come my way. Don't start tattooing because of money. Mm -hmm. Granted, tattooing is a profitable business. If you do it right, it is a profit profitable business, but don't do it for the money. Really do it because you love it. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm going to tattoo for free because I no, love it. Of course. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to charge you. <laughs> but put the love for the art and put what makes you feel good. Like mm -hmm. that, the idea that today you woke up happy because you're going to get to do that piece that you've been wanting to do. And you're like, man, I really want to kick this one. And you start looking at those artists that you like their work because you want to kind of like mimic some of that into mm -hmm. this piece that you're doing, that love for it, like that intention it goes down to what we were saying. One appointment a day because you could put all of that intention into it. At the end of the session, at the end of the tattoo, they're either going to pay you for what you requested or they're going to pay you for your time. Mm -hmm. So the money will come. But yeah. put that emphasis, put that mm -hmm. mm into it. Because that mm is going to get you to tattoo for 20 years, like I was telling you earlier today. And after 20 years, now I feel like time to retire. I'm, you know, I'm hateful of tattooing. I hate doing this. You know, it's mm -hmm. going to give you that second wind where yeah. you're going to feel like, you know what? Put me on the ring again. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to throw punches with this. I believe it's like that for a lot of like different passions. It's just like put the time in and then the, the benefits will come. Will come. Yeah. Yeah. If you build it, it will come. It goes back, back down to the old saying, you know what I mean? So, yeah, just take it easy, bro. It's mm -hmm. not a race. Yeah, I'm it's, telling it's a resistance. I, I, I enjoy taking my time tattooing and enjoying the process and yeah. never rushing. That's it. It's, a, it's the way to go for sure. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, and I always, like, keep an eye out that first year. And, like, well, one, you start, like, here at least we start with free tattoos, like, okay. in the apprenticeship. Which you I know? think is smart, yeah. Uh, for a lot of reasons, but I think it does kind of put the focus on the quality and the art. Yes. You know, throw money out the window, yeah. not a big deal. Exactly. Also, like, you don't want to charge people for future cover-ups. You know? <laughs> yes, uh, and it builds clientele. Correct, yeah. correct. When I see the new guys, like, staying late to finish a piece, it's awesome. Yes. Right? Because uh, I'm usually one of the, I'm usually here the latest or one of the latest. Not always, yeah. but definitely later. For the veteran artists, for sure. Yeah. 
So, like, when I'm done and I walk back there and I see, like, um, Cam or Logan or, like, the first, second year tattooer still working, I'm like, fuck yeah, you get this. Yeah, you put it in the work. Like, you understand yeah. what you what's going on here. Um, and then I liked how you talked about, like, the income. So, like, sure, there's, there's that piece of it. But it, this is also, like, a business and, and our job. Yeah. Right? So I think in the beginning, like setting the tone, having the good uh, mindset, work ethic, and 100% what you're saying, like, you know, provide the artwork, provide the experience, do the right thing, and the money will come. But the money will come, meaning like, it's still a business, you know, we still have to do it, and all that. Because sometimes I'll get these like veteran tattooers or these like 10, 10 year whatever, and they'll like come in and they'll be like, it's not about the money. You know, no, screw that. It's about and, the money, right? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's not about the money when you're starting. If it was not about the money, I honestly would be doing something else. Right. You know, like let's be completely honest. I I know exactly what you mean. It's just about the art. It's about the love, bro. I love tattooing. I love the art. I love the creating. But I'm not gonna sit here and do it for 20 years for free. Right. Like I, you know, I have a family to support. Right. Like I'm not gonna be a tattoo artist and a drug dealer on the side just to support my love for art. Let's be honest. Like. Yeah, I love what I do. Yeah, I'll take care of you. I'll help you out, depending on your attitude. You know what I mean? Like, if you come at me already asking for a discount, I'm, I'm you're going to get yeah. it. You're going to get it. <laughs> but, like, those same you people know, that come in and they're like, it's not about the money, I'm like, cool, how about I take 100%? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. If it's not about the money. <laughs> if you get you know? enough of those, you send right. something out to my <laughs> yeah, I got you. I'll take them. Yeah, I'll yeah. take them. For the love, I'll, I'll buy you lunch. <laughs> but it's like, I'll, like I'll come across like all these tattooers that like in person they want to pretend they're poor and on Instagram they want to pretend they're rich, yeah. you know. And like, yeah. and it's not about the money. It's not. It's okay. I'm humble. If it's I'm about, yeah. <laughs> if it's about the money a little bit, it is. Because like what I say is, I love my job. That's it. Meaning like it's I my job. I love what I do. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, I love this thing I do for free on the side. Yeah. No, it's work. And, like, I'm very grateful that, like, I love my work and it doesn't feel like work yes. and I forget it is. But at the end of the day, it's still the main thing that's providing for me, my family, and, and, every, and all the employees. It is. Right? I think it's common sense. Right. I think for anybody to think that you're going to sit there for eight hours and burn your eyelashes, right. and this is going to be a free <laughs> piece so I could do a hashtag, hey, John Johns did this awesome chest. Come on, man. Let's be completely honest. Right. John John's got a car payment, a yeah. rent, you know, <laughs> right. bills, you know, future plans, retirement plans, you know, like John John's got a life. Like everybody's got a life. The funny right. thing is, is that you ask the same people that don't want to pay you for your work or your, or your 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 trade, right? Although you're giving them something that not everybody could because we all know as tattooers that, yeah, you might have a body that does it for free, but let's be completely honest. Is that right, a tattoo right, right. or is that, or, you know... What is it really? Some like skin scratches. Are people grabbing you on the street and be like, yo, let me see the arm. Yo, wow. Like, do you have random people grabbing you? Because if you don't, guess what? Your body didn't do a good job. Yeah. Right. You know, like if people's like, oh, but people said it's nice. I'm like, yeah, I, always, I also yeah. tell people. I also said it was nice too. Yeah. And sometimes I don't mean it, but you know, <laughs> it's politically correct. Right, you're right. Tell a parent, oh, your kid is kind of fucking ugly. Right. Just being polite. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you have to be polite. You know, it's part of being a good person. But the truth of the matter is that that's what you. How many times have people come up to you at a convention, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, I got this done. I mean, really, what you're thinking is like, can I just do something else on you? Because I want to give you something that you really could show people. Yeah. And it's like, what do you think? It's like, it's cool. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know that what you really wanted to say was like, mama, they really fucking 
Oh, dude, and it's funny. But you know what's going to happen. This person has something that is so permanent. And that's another thing. Hey, yeah. guys, be, be nice to people, man. Like, understand that your comments go a long way. Yeah. And tr trust me, I'm the king of telling people flat out, you know, but right. sometimes you have to be humane and you have to realize if you tell somebody that has something as permanent as a tattoo and your tattoo sucks. Yeah. And the idea is not that they're showing you because they're asking you, like, what do you think? You think you could do better with it? Then I could definitely work it out. Right, right. That's a different story. You open up that door. But I'm not going to say, yeah, that shit sucks. Because the truth of the matter is that it's permanent. Right. Now the Especially if they're excited to show you, they're like, damn. It sucks, man. So I've never been like that, you know? Yeah. And especially if it's, like, their first tattoo. It's almost like, to me, and I've always thought this, it's like kind of someone showing you their first car. Yeah. Like, it's probably going to be a hoopty piece of shit. <laughs> but it's really cool that they have a car. It's yeah. smoking you know? white smoke. But, hey, man, if it starts and it takes you to the club, yeah, you might yeah. smell like gas. Yeah, I hear you. You're like, okay, like, you, you're getting tattoos. That's cool. Right, the like tattoos are not cool though. Like yeah. you're mobile now, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it's like an 18, 19, 20 year old yeah. who saves up money their whole life, and they buy, you know, like a twenty year old piece of shit car, yeah. and they're like, "Look," and you're like, "Your car fucking sucks," yeah. you know? Like, no, but they're like, I'm, I'm not, man. I'm Don't not walking that. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, unless it's your boy, because I'll be like, "Yo, that thing sucks." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Don't you call Yo, me? Yo, if it's my boy, ride. if it's my boy, oh my god, I'm flaming that tattoo. I hope you need to to go see the fifty you made last week. You gotta walk. Right. <laughs> I thought uh, you meant the car for a second. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, boy, probably wouldn't say that. <laughs> no. No, yeah, it's like my boy got a shitty tattoo. Oh god. Oh, it's man. over. But we um when we were discussing like topics and things we would talk about, I think a lot of like then versus now things yes. were brought up. Yeah. Right. Uh, from tattooing to promoting tattoo shows and all that. Everything. <laughs> I mean, you. so you've been in the industry longer than I have. Maybe just specific to, like, tattooing, um, have you had major changes that you're like, hey, I like this about the in industry, and then also changes where you're like, oh, I wish this never changed? <sighs> Man, wow. That's a very broad question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there is things about... The old ways, I'm going to call it the old ways, because I think after 20 years, you could call it the old ways, that I miss. Um, I miss the simplicity of it. Yeah. You know? Um, not in the art side of it. I love where the new era of tattooing has gone. I love that I have to dig deep into that drawer to, you know, find artistry that I honestly never learned. You know, like, I, I'm, I'm a self-taught tattoo artist, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm what, back in my days, we used to call it a kitchen scratcher right you know i come from no lineage no one taught me how to tattoo as a matter of fact i don't even know how I, how i landed in tattooing um just doors kept opening chances kept popping up and i just yeah fuck it. yeah let's do it let's do it let's do it and then eventually within three months that i within three months of me starting to tattoo i actually landed a job don't ask me how he ended up giving me a job but i was offered a job and i was like i don't know what i'm doing and i had just yeah. had surgery on my wrist I'm like, look, man, I got pins through my wrist. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. He's like, you want a job or not? And that job was given to me purely because I hung out there for a couple of weeks. And if I'm going to hang out, I'm not going to waste your time. And I was sweeping and mopping and answering phones and doing paperwork. And then eventually I noticed that people were coming in and no one was talking to them. I'm like, all right, cool. Hey, what do you need? Yeah. So I started selling. Not because I wanted anything, because I'm here. I'm bored. Right. I'm going to spend six, seven hours. You might as well let me do something. And that's what got me into the tattooing. But things that used to be... And now they're not. Um, 
I'm going to show you what I don't miss. Like I said, the artwork. I love the fact that now it's you walk into my shop and there's not one piece of flash in the walls. Right. Oh, it is 100%, 150% custom. Like, I, even if I research images from all over the place, I, I sit down on Photoshop because I'm not much of a drawer. Like I said, I, I'm self-taught. So yeah, yeah. I never went to school. So, I mean, yeah, I draw. I have to spend two years drawing before I get good enough to say, like, what's your idea? Right, so right. I learned Photoshop because I do, I do, um, I also do printing. And because of printing, I had to learn Photoshop. As a matter of fact, I learned Photoshop before to actually cut and paste stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but the fact that I jumped into printing just beefed up my Photoshop skills. So I grab five different images and I just throw them together in Photoshop and I clean it out and I do this and I do that and boom, there you go. That's your yeah, idea. Yeah, like it's 100% art. custom, right? Yeah. Back in the days, it was easy. But it wasn't very artistic, per se. You know, like, you had a wall full of flash. You will come, you will pick that ego, and that's the same ego you did three weeks ago. It's the same yeah. one, you know? Um, so that, I'm glad that it changed. I'm glad that now we, we get to be artists, really artists. Um, but you would have that piece that they're like, oh, I want that ego, and you're like, cool, because I'm real fucking good at that ego. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I forgot that until you yeah. just said that. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, cool. I'm glad they chose can, that rose because I'm that fire too. at that rose. <laughs> I did that one that three times. I consultation at the same time. It's like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's good, he's good. Right. I'm no thinking now. involved. Yeah. But um, look, one thing that I, that I missed, and it changed a lot, and I think that, I think that for younger tattooers, you, I mean, you guys find yourselves in a position where if you guys are good with it, you, I mean, sky's the limit. And it's the whole, you know, the way that we promote today. I come from a time where promoting was still a business card. Promoting, yeah. mm -hmm. that the strongest promotion you had was a word of mouth. So it was about a package. So when I started tattooing, I, I came from corporate America. So the way that I saw it, and I used to be very, very... Um, criticized for it because I was like, it's tattooing, it's not corporate America. I'm like, yeah, but I'm bringing in my own style, what what I see you don't have. So to me, I came into tattooing with that, a different perspective, more respect, more structure, more um, more respect towards the uh, towards the client, you know what I mean? So I built a package, and my package was simple. Provide them with a clean and good-looking environment. Provide them with a, with a warm welcoming. Provide them with good work and give them a fair price. And as long as you did those things, I mean, dude, like I said, I'm tattooing 20 years and I still tattoo every day. So, you know, it's, <coughs> it worked for a long time, but right now it doesn't matter because I see tattooers that are really not that good. Yeah. I see tattooers that are really not that nice. And they have 350,000 yeah. followers, a million followers. And I'm like, but How? Like, as a tattooer, I could look at your work and I could be like, eh, 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 eh. and granted, I could look at my work and I could break it apart right. also, but how is it that you are so, and it's because of the new social media. So, social media has made the crappy tattooer with a crappy attitude, like you were saying earlier, develop a social media persona that goes a long way. Meanwhile, there is a lot of tattooers that are really fire, really good tattooers, really awesome people. And because they suck at social media, they find themselves falling behind. So right. I follow but dudes I, with like three thousand followers that are mind fire. blowing, mind blowing. Fire. Yeah, would be the and best. Would be the are. best that any shop right. they walk into. Yeah, and no one knows yeah. who they are. But um, so yeah, man. I mean, as as far as the art, I like the fact that now to round it up, we are much more customized. Like mm -hmm. I say, that's what we do. We do full custom. 
as far as the um, the actual tattooing, like the actual shop itself, I missed the simplicity of it. You know, like I wish that I could grab today's art artistry and place it in back in the days. Like, let me just show you what I could do, and let me show you that I'm cool to sit down with for seven, eight hours, and we're gonna chit chat, and we're gonna laugh, and we're gonna have a good time, right? And that's gonna carry. So you could bring it home and show your boys, yo, check it out what he did to me. Right. And then your boys are like, yo, that's fire, bro. Mm -hmm. It's like, bro, but, you know, I'm broke. It's like, bro, he'll work with you. Because I've always have. I've always believed that if I'm, if I'm charging you an X, Y, Z, I could take off the C. Because X, Y is still enough money for me to sit down and do it if I like you. Uh, if I feel that you deserve it. You that or if you're saying? working with me on the piece, if you're wanting to do something cool. Just, you know, know what? Just let me do what the heck I'm good at. Mm -hmm. You know, like, give me your idea and trust me that I'm here to do an awesome piece. I'm going to tattoo you like if I'm tattooing myself. And those are the best tattoos that you're ever going to do. The people that don't, eh, eh, eh. The micromanagement, listen, if you're not a tattoo artist and you're watching this, stop micromanaging <laughs> tattooers. you get the crappy end of it when you do that. I think that right. we would all understand that. Well, if you think about it, any commission painter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The client's not standing behind them being like, oh, do that red, change yeah. that. No, I don't like that tree. Yeah. It's very stressful. Oh, the puppy's a little too orange. Right. For me. Usually <laughs> it's like, usually like you talk yeah. and you're like, okay, now you kind of fuck off. I'm going to paint privately. And then oh, I'm going to show you when I'm done. Field. Okay, I got you. Yeah, and then like tattooing. Do you want somebody to like this behind it? Or <laughs> right. You know? Because they're like this. You know, and like watching you the whole time. It's no, like, yo, please leave when me you, the fuck alone. When you do the first line, it's like, so you're going to do shades there? Bro, I hate that question. Um, not yet. Right. Like, you know, yeah. this is a bloodline, so I could get, okay. And then you start shading, it's like, but is it going to be that dark? Not everywhere. Right. <laughs> what do you think about blue in the eyes? Definitely not. <laughs> right. Bro, just vibe with the music. Ask me questions, you know. Let's just talk about anything else but the tattoo. You know what the I mean? The best is when you tattoo the back of here. <laughs> they don't see it. Yeah, because they have to lay down. And then I I'm like, all right, I'm just not going <laughs> to take any breaks. So they, they have no chance to look at it until I'm fucking done. Love the people that are like, yeah, they do that. Did they do <laughs> Especially when you're doing the shoulders. Yeah, bro. <laughs> and, then, and then your machine is like right here. And it's funny because obviously now we all tattoo with, uh, with rotaries, which is funny. It's another thing we could talk about, you know, because it's been a very, very drastic transition, right? But um, <laughs> I remember when, when I first started, I mean, I tattooed with coils, right? Yeah. I, I still love coils. I tattoo with rotaries now mainly because it's very versatile. It's very comfortable. I mean, yeah. my hand is, it's easier on my hand. I could pull out one machine and 20 needles and I'm good with it. But um, when I started tattooing with coils, <laughs> you remember tattooing somebody, shoulder, trap, back, and they're like, and the, <laughs> the machine sometimes would sap them because, you know, the prongs oh, on the back yeah. sometimes, they would never create a little sap and you would like literally turn the machine and pick it out. That's what you get. <laughs> Stop turning around, man. Yeah. So, you know, fun times. Or even just the noise <laughs> in their ear. Bang. Yeah. I love that noise. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man. Well, because people have come in even recently, and they're like, because everyone's using, you know, rotaries or pens, and they're like, it's so quiet in here. Like, yeah. maybe it's <laughs> been a fucking decade since I got that, dude. <laughs> yeah. But that was a nice thing, is that there was no talking. There was, no was talking. like, <laughs> you know, yeah. ah, I wish I could hear you, but yeah. I can't. And, if, the, and if, the, if there was any talking, it wasn't talking, it was screaming. What? Right. right. You didn't <laughs> really get times, to experience bro. that. No, no. We really. had, like, a little, like... Time period a few years ago where everyone was using the Cubans. Yeah. And you just couldn't hear anything. Yeah. 
You want me to give you an advice? You're never going to use them, and you're never going to need them. But if you're going to be a tattoo artist, put some time aside and learn coils. Mm -hmm. Just because. Just so you know. The minute you understand how, how hard it was to keep those babies tuned so you could do your job correctly. Because right now you grab your machine and it's like, same, always. Oh, the motor went out. You're like, oh, I have to lube it. <laughs> I got to switch my cartridge. Days, it was a pain in the butt. Because your machines will get like all discombobulated within two and a half, three months, depending on how much you run it. And then you have to like bend the spring and you have to like clean the, the spring. And then sometimes you have to chim it because it's bending too much and it was like all out of whack. It was, it was hard times. It's frustrating. It was frustrating, right? Yeah. But it's good to know that you know. Whether you never use it, it's good to know that you know. Because everything in life has a foundation. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm big in foundation, although not the way that these old school tattooers are looking at it like, oh, because, listen, bro, just get off your high horse. Tattooing has been on for a long time. Tattooing is evolving. But at the end of it all, although it's evolving and although that the new generation took tattooing to the next level where cats like me have to like, let's go, you know, tie up your belt and really go for it or retire and start selling mm -hmm. homes or something, right? But... um. Foundation, learning the foundation of the trade that you do, it will be an amazing opportunity for you to understand where all of it came from and how hard it used to be. So maybe you appreciate how easy it is now. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's my advice to you in that case. And to any young tattooer that is actually watching, learn the foundations, man. Dude, even when we had like Skinny Scott, um, Phil, when we all worked at Fat Mermaid, I don't know, eight years ago, like we were all on coils. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of cool, and you don't, you see this a little bit, but not as much, and like the teamwork, because someone's machine would go out, yeah. and you know, you'd hear it, you'd hear like your boy's machine just went out, like it like bog out, or like it would just, you'd, you'd hear them like clicking their foot pedal, but nothing would happen, <laughs> you know, you'd be like, yo, you okay? You'd be like, no, I don't know what's wrong. And it'd be like the fucking pit crew at like F1. Like everyone would come up. Be like, all right, first things first, put the clip cord to another machine. Is it the clip cord? You know? Okay, it's not a clip cord. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we're gonna go here. Like, is it your front spring? Like, clean the front spring. Like, all right, does that work? Like, everyone would get together and help. Whether we had to replace a spring or we had to like look at you know the coils. Or, bro, there would even be times where it'd be like, here, just use my just other use machine. Just use another machine, bro. Let's yeah. keep going. Or, like, uh, splitting the clip cord open, like, soldering things <laughs> back <laughs> together. Yeah, or they're, or they're going like this and bending it all the way through. It's like, eh, eh. oh, look, it's broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would, like, go or whatever. Just <laughs> disconnect. And he'd split it open. And Bro, I still have solder in my station. Yeah. Yes. I haven't had to fucking use it <laughs> yes. in, like, five years. <laughs> yes. But that was just, like, part of it. Yeah. And, like, everyone would figure it out together, at least at that shop. Sometimes it was even a hair between the actual contact point and the, and the yeah. actual spring. It was just a hair. And you're like, what, the, what is that? <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a hair. Yeah. It's funny, man. It was good times. It was yeah. good times. Um, and, uh, you know, now... now it's not exactly like that, yeah. you know. So tattooing used to be a lot harder, and it used to be a lot more adventurous. You yeah, know? like it's definitely I geared, feel, and that's the main reason why I feel like today tattooing has become so diluted because it's so easy, in yeah. a sense, to yeah. really. You, you can know, really just pick up a I mean, rotary. I, I, I don't. I, I don't. I'm sorry, tattooers. I don't mean to like put it out there that it's easy, but we all know it's easy. I mean, how many people just don't pick up a tattoo machine, a rotary tattoo machine, because they had six, seven years worth of 
you know, art school, and all of a sudden, a year later, they're slapping my butt, you know? And that's just I see people so in three months. Yeah. I'm following apprentices that are three months in. They're like 20 tattoos in, and they're great. Perfect. That didn't happen back then. Yeah, no way. <laughs> <laughs> back then, back then, you needed at least six months before your hand was able to actually hold the way of that machine vibrating at, a, at an uncomfortable angle, and that line for that line to be straight. So back then, it was a it was a hard thing. You know, you really needed to understand the skin you were working on. You really needed to understand the size of the needle you were working, the speed of your machine. Mm. You know, depending on. What was it that you were looking for? Because if you put it too high, it was going to chew them up. If you put it too low, it was never going to put anything in there. So yeah. it was fun times, bro. Bro, you'd show up. I mean, in my case, you had some fucking mean biker just riding you <laughs> for like a fucking year. And then your reward was he hands you some Beat broken up. chunk of metal. <laughs> in a bag. You have Mickey Sharps. Uh, no, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> you have no experience. Well, I had no experience with any kind of like mechanics or GM. GM uh, G, oh, fuck. Two seconds, dude. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do your thing. Huh? Pause. Awesome. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> no. Just keep it running. I'll clip it out. Actually, I, did, I did my clap. That was good, though. Oh, perfect. So what are we doing? Killing mosquitoes? You know. That's just like, it's so he can like line up the footage. Awesome. Cam, how long have you been tattooing for? Um. Okay, perfect. About a year and a half now. All right, thanks, All right. man. Yeah, about a year and six months. For, mm-hmm. Loving it. Nothing Loving it. it. Mm-hmm. Don't jump on it if you're not going to ride it. It's the best thing. Damn, I'm going to use that quote. <laughs> I was thinking of putting it on a shirt and now you took it. Right, you know what? You use the quote, I'll do the printing. Gosh. My man. Just send us a shirt. We'll wear it. You favorite. Just hit me up. I have, you know, I have the printing equipment. Let's just do it. Don't jump Sorry about that. Right. Euphemisms. Yeah. We're getting a plumbing inspection right now at the other shop. So I just wanted to make sure everything was okay because cool, cool, cool. I was the contractor. Oh. We're good. He said we passed. No, no. Awesome. Uh, good. I was worried we'd get a shitty grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. Ah. All right, I'll leave. Man. <laughs> <laughs> the door's over there. So, right, yeah, what were, what even, were even, even uh, talking about, you know, apprenticeship you know, under a biker, and then at the end he gives you some crappy machine. Sometimes they would even give you a box and be like, here, that's your machine. Build it up. Yeah, dude. And what? Yeah. He's like, I, I taught you to do it if you forgot. <laughs> Where's the instruction manual? <laughs> Bro, he, he handed me like some, and this was like nice of him, like, some like printed out book, I guess, mm-hmm. but it was just like printed out paper of like how to put mm-hmm. it together, and I could barely read, <laughs> let alone put together a fucking yeah. machine. Yeah. Fucking they call it, they Frankenstein call it, yeah, the machine. Coil, the, 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 what was it? The, the coil Bible. Yeah, the something like that. that yeah. The two coil Bible or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. And now you just order your machine. It's literally ready when you open the box. Yeah. You know, slap a cartridge in it and rip it one right and there. And, and you're still like, how do I use this? <laughs> yeah, and I'm still like, uh, it's, like turn it on. it's not turning on. Right. <laughs> Read the manual. Yeah. And even the digital display with the voltage, you know, yeah, you don't have it's to awesome. Mess with like an old radio. Oh, those critical jet. batteries. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, a power supply. Yeah, yeah. dude, I remember. I remember when they first came out with the um, uh, Aiken came out with the uh, you know tap 
tap tap meaning you tap and the machine would turn on and you didn't have to like have your pedal on your oh, no, foot pedal and then you know you wanted to turn it off you just tap it and put your machine down and they even came out with this little um, RCA that you just like click click which it was nasty because yeah. you had to like wrap it all up I mean I yeah. used to put like a piece of tape and it's like what is that it's like so when I'm done I could just rip the piece of tape yeah. and it's you know good cross contamination habits right but um that was hard to get used to though my machine constantly being on yeah I have so many dots on my fingers dude from just fucking <laughs> stabbing myself Second I got a good one Right there. I got those hepatitis shots, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, bro. I've had some close calls. Piercing too. fucking gloves and shit. Because yeah. I'll hang my needle. So it's literally, I'm just this sword that I fucking have <laughs> out there. Yeah, bro. I've gotten close to nicking myself while shading with a three for sure. It's scary. Yeah. yeah. But you, before, like, whipping, if your whipping foot whipping wasn't it. on the pedal, the machine wasn't running. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I remember the first time I saw my, my boss using that little switch thing you're talking about, and his shit was just running all the time. I'm like, you're a psychopath, yeah. you know? Because <laughs> he would even, like, put it down put on it the down, stage. It's like, <laughs> it's like fucking moving. Yeah, bro. <laughs> well, it's funny because I know, I know of people that they used to actually run the machine with no, no, no just the clip cord, no pedal. Yeah. So you'll think, well, the machine is always constantly running, and it was. Yeah. And they used to tattoo, and when they're ready to actually stop the machine, they would grab their thumb, and they would just hold the amateur bar. Oh, that's yeah. That's it. You break the contact, and you couldn't run it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that was their thing. And, I mean, you think, well, how is this guy? This guy will literally grab paper towel and... T -t 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 -t. Right. Bang. And he did it with such an ease that I was like, yeah, ninja, bro. It's a ninja with the machine. Yo, but when you had them constantly running like the coils, they would get hot. They will. They would get hot. Remember how you used to get burned on the top yeah, of the Yeah, bro. Like right oh, wait, here. Wait, wait, wait. How, how, how about the bump? Yeah, the money that bump. That used to be, that used to be, used to yeah. be a thing, right? My bump is gone, I feel like. Mine too. It got soft <laughs> over the years. Right? It got soft. <laughs> <laughs> it got soft. We didn't get soft, the, the bump. Right, right. I love my rotary. That's going <laughs> to piss off so many people. I don't know, whatever. I mean, I fucking love mine too. I love the convenience. Yeah, that's what I would the say. Yeah, yeah. The fact that you can have one machine that's gonna run for a good six hours because I don't know how long yours runs, but yeah. sometimes yeah. I'm like, I'll get, die. I'll get yeah. ten yeah. hours out of it. Actually, one. I've gotten a lot. It's insane. And even if it dies, all I gotta do is take my other battery and that's put it, it right I mean, back. Boom. And then, but it's the versatility of it. The fact that you could have four different liners. You know, if you're doing a piece that has, you know, a little bit of black and gray and then a little bit of color, you could have your 10s, uh, you know, like your buck pins, and then you could have your standards, your 12s. I, I mean, you could have 10 needles out. Yeah. I mean, imagine having to have 10 machines out. Yeah. That's what I've noticed. Yeah. Because I've, yeah. I've started to do, like, conventions now recently, and I, and I know that my setup is so much easier mm -hmm. and so much more simple than it used to be. Yeah. Like, all I have, all I bring is a Pelican case this that's big, <laughs> and I don't, I don't need a trunk, and it, that's it. It's like a little Back briefcase. In the days we used to carry the case for the machines itself. Now the whole case is everything. Yeah, yeah I have machines, <laughs> needles, batteries, <laughs> everything, everything, everything right here. Yeah, bro. Because if you were doing a big piece, it used to take a long time to do a setup because you had to set up all your different machines. All your machines. Yeah. You know, and and you weren't popping out cartridges, so you had to like really think about the needles you were going to use. Setting out tubes, bro, and you'd have just these like, or I, I would have the all the machines laid out. Sometimes four or five. 
I just like put them a little bit diagonally. Yes. But you used to need like the whole station. Yes. Yeah. Like there was for me, there wasn't this like I'm gonna work off a tray yeah. bullshit. Now you just need this little little area, right, yeah. bro. And like you were getting ready for war, bro. Like you had everything <laughs> out. There's this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was and it was like you know unclip the clip cord, put it down, get the next one. Oh run. no, not this one. Wait, yeah, no. Put it. Listen. <laughs> oh, I got. I forgot to tune this one. Yeah, Every machine will run on a different voltage. Yeah. So now you're like a bang, bang, Right. Okay, I think that's the one. It's crazy how much it's even changed because you can use coils with cartridges now, and like yeah. how much even simpler that is, or even like like the rotary style, like a Cuban. Like you can pull out a Dan Cuban, yeah. and then it's, it's practically you know same like back weight all that, and then yeah. just pull out still use cartridges. That Cuban it. is a, it's a it's a great hybrid between yeah. what a coil felt like mm -hmm. and a rotary. Yeah. Because it's a rotary with the coil function. Yeah, I've used a, a Cuban a couple of times. They're fun. I do I like enjoy them. like I, like I do enjoy them. But it's like the same, they're easier. Yeah. They're yeah. Easier, you know. I liked it. In my case, I mean, I need to use something that I could do anything from outline to traditional to black and gray realism like to color to yeah. like stippling to like watercolor to like, you know, like, hey, do you have white ink tattoos? <laughs> 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 Everything, you know. But yeah. So tattooing back then towards tattooing right now. Tattooing right now, it's fun. It's fun to be a tattooer now. Um, what doesn't make it fun is that right now everybody knows about tattooing and everybody's an expert. Yeah. So all of a sudden, instead of them coming to you for an opinion as to, you know, I want to get this done and I want it. Sick. Yeah. Now they have their opinions. You know? Yeah, it's quite interesting because extremely unqualified people think they're overly qualified, yeah. you know, to discuss any topic. I mean, not that it's the best example, but... Um, I really pissed off the internet this last week, uh, which I love when that happened. Uh, <laughs> but, like, all these people were, like, giving op opinions on social media, um, and some were pretty strong opinions. Yeah. So, you know, I was curious, and I just went to their profile to, like, check it out, and it's, like, non-tattooers, and, like, maybe they had, you know, a couple um, tattoos here and there. But at least when I started... People would come in the shop, I feel like a little, like customers, a little bit more humble. Yeah. A little bit more willing to, like, listen to the artist. To the professional. <laughs> right. To not input, you know, too much of what they think they know yeah. and whatever. And we get a lot of that. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot, a lot. Like, oh, I've, I've got a tattoo before. Oh, I've seen Ink Master. Oh, I've done this. <laughs> like, maybe because it's, like, cool to know. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know where it comes from or they think they're going to get taken advantage of or or what the deal is but i really preferred the relationship with the humble client yes you know i think they get the best out of you yeah that's the case the the know-it-all like i don't i don't see how that benefits them like in their day-to-day -day life or their tattoo experience i i honestly think that it's it's not necessarily that it's not in their nature i mean people like that it's in their nature regardless but I, I think that, I, so, when I started tattooing, <clears throat> you knew that if you worked at a shop, you were somewhat decent, for the most part. Yeah. You still had some shops that really were crappy, but it was a lot easier to weed it out, you know what I mean? So, like, for example, I'll give you a perfect example, right? And a lot of tattooers are not going to agree with me, on it. I honestly don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Back in my times, when you were tattooing out of 
a private studio. I'm not even going to say your house, a private studio. You were considered a nobody. You were a scratcher. You you didn't affiliate yourself to a shop. Like, yeah. you're, you know, you're not a tattoo artist. You just scratch people in your yeah. basement, you know. I mean, dude, let's be completely honest. Right now, there is a lot of those scratchers that will whoop your butt three times over. And they tattoo in their private studio. They don't tattoo at a shop. Right. So tattooing has changed to the point where, and, 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 and I think that even after the whole, like, demic, um, yeah, I said it, like, demic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it even became even more, uh, more of a thing for people to, like, just go private. You know, because we didn't know where we were going to stand. Like, my shop was closed for almost four months. You know, they tried to at least. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yours was closed, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I put some black windows so the sun wouldn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I think, I think that tattooing has changed a lot. You know what I mean? I think that. I think that right now it's more about what we were saying. It's more about the art. I think that some people are realizing that they don't want to deal with the shop. They don't want to deal with a. They don't want to deal with the shop if they're the owners, and some people don't even want to deal with the shop if they're employees. You know what right. I mean? And to each his own. I mean, I still believe that we need to have shops as as, uh, as stables. You know, like to, to show that we're still here as professional businesses. Because right. if we don't, then eventually we're just gonna become that. You know, no, that's a really good point. You know what I'm saying? So we yeah. still need the shops, but I think that a lot of tattooers are going more internally rather than externally, which is crazy because we're living in a society where you need to be more externally, yeah. you know, like show more about who you are and show more about your life. Like sometimes I think it's funny. And yeah, I'm talking to my, my clients. <laughs> I put a picture of a tattoo that I'm happy with that I'm like, yes, yeah. kill this one. No likes. Yeah. And then I put a picture of me with a freaking, uh, you know, gardening hat, and I'm laying down pavers in the back of my house, and like, yeah! 500, 600 likes, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, all sweaty, full right. of dirt, like, yeah. oh, no, you like that. So, again, because we live in a society that people want to see more of you, more of the, the movie, rather than what you do as an artist, you know right, what I yeah. mean? Um, it, you, in today's industry, you can, like, sell yourself more than your art Than you now. sell your art, yeah. yeah. That's true. That is true. Yeah. I so, believe it does help a lot of people. Yeah. The private studio thing is kind of like a double-edged sword, though. It is. For sure. It yeah. Is. It's definitely, it's for some people, and it's not for some it people. Is. I think as a younger artist, being in a shop's essential. It is essential. Learning the etiquette, you know. There you go. Um, at least me here, being able to work with many, like, 10-year veteran artists, it yeah. helps you learn and grow so much faster, I yes. believe. You hit the um, nail on that, yeah. Like seeing how other people work and operate and seeing how certain people do certain things, it, it helps for sure. Because you can nitpick and choose what to learn from. Dude, because we've had a lot of like one, two, three-year tattooers leave here and they're like, I'm going to go open a private yeah. studio. And I'm like, you're going to go there to die. Yeah. You know? And then I've seen within six months their work get worse. Yeah. And it, yeah. And again, and maybe not because I have seen some of them that have become successful, but they're lacking something, whichever way you find it. Yes, right. you you went to art art school and you you spent seven years. And yeah, as an artist itself, you probably know more than me, but you don't have in this industry what I have, foundation. Yeah. You don't have yeah. the solid, thick foundation where you could stand on. If you did, then you would be way, way, way better for a lot, lot longer than me, mm-hmm. but because you're lacking that. So you're right. As a new tattooer, it is definitely a better option to affiliate yourself to 
tattooers that respect the trade and are knowledgeable of the trade that will, will be willing to give it to you so that way you build your foundation. Remember, I'm looking at things from a perspective of 20 years. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I honestly just tattooed in my <laughs> kitchen as a kitchen scratcher for three months. Like, I didn't have a chance to do it for any longer. Mm -hmm. I didn't even want to tattoo professionally. To me, it was going to be like a little extra on the side. I used to work in the, in the nightclub industry, and I was making really good money back then. And to me, it was just like kill time. You know, I yeah. work three nights a week, and I was like, "What am I gonna do with the rest yeah. of the week?" You know, like I can't work out anymore. Like yeah. I'm done. You <laughs> yeah, know? better so than selling drugs. Tattooing, yeah. <laughs> so tattooing was kind of like my part time, like mm -hmm. my little side entertainment to make a little extra. But it just it became a passion like this. And three months later, like I told you, I, I went to visit. I went to visit somebody, and you know that in this industry happens. He was a friend, and then he wasn't anymore. But let's just leave it as that. And because of that, the owner of the shop saw something in me, and he gave me a, he gave me an opportunity. You know what I mean? And um, and I don't mention the shop, although you know I love you, but just because I don't think that this is about that, I think that this is yeah. you know more about the overall idea, right? But um, you nailed it on the head, foundation. Like yeah. if you have the foundation, you can do anything. That's right. You know, yeah. um, it's easy to build off. Yeah, and like a bunch of like friends and acquaintances and just people I know in tattooing have branched off, opened their private studio. To me, it was a hundred percent the correct move for them, yeah. whatever their situation. But those people had the foundation, you know, because uh, I don't want people to think like I don't think private studios are a, a bad idea. No, I th I think they're great if you have the foundation. If you have the foundation, it's just seeing people leave not only without the foundation but without even like finishing their fucking apprenticeship. Yeah. And they're like, I'm going to go open. It's like, yeah. you still live with your mom. Yeah. How the fuck do you think you're going to open a yeah. business? And then you said something that for someone who's only been tattooing for a year and a half, you hit the nail on it. I've seen their work diminish. And I'm going to tell you something. It is very hard as an artist to sit in a room by yourself. I don't care how much internet you have at your, at your reach. Mm -hmm. It is very hard for an artist to sit by themselves at a room and excel. Yeah, I It feed, takes a very special yeah. person mm -hmm. to... To really pedal to the metal and see your work yeah. grow. I do acknowledge that when I had tattooers with me, it just puts fire on Yeah, you like, feed off the you know? energy of the yeah. room, yeah. you know? Like, everyone's yeah, you, working. Like, it's for example, inspiring. in your case, right? You have an employee come to you, he's like, John, what do you think about this? And you're looking at it, and you're, like, so proud that he did this piece. But all of a sudden, you're, like, so terrified that you... I'll be back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let, let me go. Push a little hard. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. You know, because it's like as, a, as as the captain of your ship, you don't want to have mates that are better with the sword than you are. I mean, it just doesn't work because if not, then eventually you'll be the captain. Right. And it's your ship. So as much as and that's another thing, like I love that right now that too. And it's about, you know, happy, happy, good lucky. But at the end of it all, let's be completely honest. Let's not forget something, guys. When someone owns a place, that person that that's the head of the animal. You know what I mean? Like. If it has more than one head, it's just going to battle itself. So whichever way you shine it, however philosophically you want to put it, the captain of the ship, you know, the one head of the monster, whichever way you put it. At the end of it all, there, 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 is, a, there is a king, and the king wears a crown. You know what I mean? Whether, whether the king actually, you know, shows its peers that he's the king, or you just want to be on the floor with everybody else until it's time for you to grab the crown and put it on and be like, nope, that's not going to go because at the end of it all, this is my kingdom, and that's, I'm not okay with it, Right. But I love the fact that right now in tattooing, you know, it's a happy-go-lucky kind of feel. I think that's amazing. Tattooing wasn't like that before. You know, right. it was very, you know, yeah. like you said. I mean, it was bikers, it was thugs, mm. it was misfits. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I, I came from corporate America, and people were 
luckily I'm just crazy naturally and you know <laughs> I, I fit right in you know but um it was way different I think that right now it's very mellow it's very colorful it's very let's get along and, you know people could actually 10 people could actually work at a shop Agreed. and not kill each other like yeah <laughs> at my times and i people in a shop yeah. and a fight yeah. every day yeah <laughs> you know yeah. and i've seen that coming into the industry because i thought it was a lot more hardcore and then i like i got into the industry and then i see like all these like peanut butter cup shops when they see yeah you, and you guys go to starbucks and you have coffee yeah. together peanut butter cup shops <laughs> yeah huh? <laughs> <laughs> Like soft on the inside, you know. It's good, yeah. man. It's good. It's a yeah. good time. It's a good time to be at the tour. It's not as hardcore. Yeah, it allows you to without the bullshit. It's definitely more time. welcoming now. It is welcoming. Um, it is welcoming, and it's yeah. less stressful. I, I feel like a lot of tattooers back in our days when we started tattooing. I mean, I have just probably a few years on you. Yeah, yeah. But um, I feel like there was a lot of people that were really good people, and they were actually really good tattooers, and they didn't continue because. The people were so intense yeah. that they just didn't want to deal with it. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And back then, again, it wasn't about, oh, I'm going to go private. You couldn't. You cannot go private because if you went private, you would not have any tattoo yeah. friends and you would not e ever be able to get into a convention. Right. I see people at conventions that I know they don't, have, they don't work at a shop. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking, things have changed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know you have a private I see studio. private studio on people's banners now, yeah. man. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's, it's mainstream it's, you know, now. It's, 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 again, it has... Watered down to the point where now you have a very broad um, scenario of different artists and different perspectives and, you know, what they want for themselves and what they think is right or wrong, whether it's, you know, not finishing the apprenticeship and going and opening your own shop. You know what I mean? Um, I just, I'm a strong believer that I, at the end of it all, it would all show. It would all yeah. come to, to an end. It would all turn out to, you know. Listen, at, at, at the end, the tortilla will flop, you know, yeah. turn around and you'll notice it was burned on the other side. You gave it too much time. So I think to each his own. You want to go and open your own shop before. You know what? Listen, um, I don't want to be mad at you, but just when uh, your, ta your, your tattoos come out crappy, just send it to me. You know, like at the end, <laughs> the way, the way I started looking at it so I didn't have to be like upset yeah. about a lot of things. It's I always try to. And again, I'm human and. I've done it for so long that, I, you know, I've, I've definitely found myself in positions where I've been bitter. I've been bitter about situations, scenarios, the industry, the people, the, the tours, the conventions, you know. But you always have to find the positive in it. Because if not, then just retire. Because yeah. if not, you're just going to be that old, bitter-ass tattooer. Seal the deal with Sanoderm. This is the shit right here. This is the only tattoo aftercare product I use on my clients. If they walk out the door without it, I don't feel safe. I don't know about you, if you care about your tattoos at all, you need to use this product. It's easy to apply, it's comfortable to wear. It's it, it can heal anything. This shit can heal anything. You've seen the videos. Use code CAMSUCKS for 15% off. We love it so much, we teamed up with them, we're giving you 15% off. Use code CAMSUCKS, go to standardarm.com. So, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about sponsorships. Okay. Uh, you know, could, like, are they worth it? Are they not? You had said. But then also, like, how they used to be maybe versus now. Yeah. Because I didn't even, that wasn't even a thing on my mind, like, the first five years. Mm -hmm. One, I was just like, that's not a reality for me as an artist at that point. Yeah. I, I wasn't really around artists that like were sponsored i didn't even understand it what it, it meant. didn't happen yeah it, it wasn't that you know like 
in our times, if any anyone would sponsor, it's because it, it was like top of the cream. Like it was those people that were the elite, what they call the elite. But it was not necessary for us. Like we were so caught up into everything else. You know what I mean? Right. Like conventions were full. Conventions were fun. Conventions were haptic. You know, so it's like, what do I need a sponsorship for? You know, right. I just need to make it to this show. You know, I got to be able to get my money in so I could get my booth. So I guarantee that I'm in that, in that show and get a room too, because last year we couldn't get it. We had to sleep like around the corner, you know? Yeah. But you were so focused in everything else that it was not important. You know what I mean? Like, again, it's different. Right. Like, Cam, you come in into an era where you have to be sponsored and you have to be, yeah. you know, have to have followers. It's almost like know? a status. It's now. almost like a status. Yeah. Like, for example, now everybody has the blue check. Yeah. Every day I get a message, I'm like, no, yeah. I don't want it because everybody's got it now. Mm -hmm. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. You know, like it's not fun. But it's like, like first it's, of all, why are you why are you yeah. verifying me? Like, mm -hmm. who the heck am I for you to verify me? Right? It's things right. that then I like, have to take my logo out. I'm like, I oh, know that's my logo. Like that's me. Yeah, like, you want to put my face on it? And yeah. then it's it's things that clients look for now as well. Like it's yeah. clients feel a specific type of way if their art their their artist is sponsored yeah. their artist is verified, verified and you have more followers and yep yeah so, so again, it stems to like things like that as well like tattooers just trying to keep up and like just conforming so that their clients are like oh I want to get tattooed that's it you know? and it's you so tough because to. I don't know about you but like I, when I was like I was very much a problem child and I just like would not conform to anything. Yeah. And I think that's what led me to tattooing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then now it's just like, you have to conform. Yeah. You don't have to, but like, it just makes things a lot fucking easier if you yeah. do. Yeah. And, and I still have that like version of me that does not want to at all. Yeah. And I feel like, in the beginning of tattooing, not conforming is what made me excel. Yeah. And, like, now it's the fucking opposite. Yeah, to go against the current is yeah, what made you bro. get to where you are. Yeah. But now if you go against the current, you start falling behind. Right, dude. You know, for, like, for, for some things. For other things, I still I still stay strong and true to myself. Yeah. The things that I really feel like, nah, I'm not going to do. Correct, no, correct. I'm not going to do it. If I have to retire today, I'm going to retire, but I'm not going to do it. But in general, yeah. I mean, listen, times change. And I've seen it over and over and over. And in my career, I've seen so many things change and change and change and change. And I was just like you. My yeah. wife, you know, I started tattooing. I mean, I've been tattooing for as long as I've been married to my wife. And my wife has always been kind of like the reasoning behind me. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, babe. Like, because to me, it's like, no, this, doing yeah. this, no. You think I give like, a fuck? Yeah, 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 just like that. It's like, you know, and then she's like, it's like, I'm just going to give you my five cents. Right. And then I'm like, okay, I don't need it. And then five minutes later, I'm like, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate it. I really don't fucking want to do it. But even with like I think you're right. the, the <laughs> sponsorships, like I was like, oh, if I like start working with a company, if I take on a sponsorship, I'm going to have to conform to what they want. You know? Look, man. Um, I've never been... And again, something else that I changed my mentality on. Yeah. And I'm starting now to realize maybe I should have just stayed where I was because it's just hectic. <laughs> so in my page, I used to, I used to, my slogan was no attitudes, no egos, no trophies, right? Because I don't want to give my clients an attitude. If I give you an attitude, then I'm not being myself. Like I didn't come into this to give you an attitude. No egos because I'm not going to sit here and think that I'm better than you or better than anybody else. You know what I mean? Now, there's nobody nobody else better than me. <laughs> right. And right. that's not ego. Yeah. That's 
babe, that's overconfidence. Right. <laughs> but, you gotta um, have confidence. <laughs> yeah. And then I said, no trophies. When we started tattooing around that time, it's when the whole trophy idea started coming yeah. up. So everybody was lining up to get a trophy. And I was like, I'm not going to spend the three days that I have here standing in line just for a trophy. To me, the mentality was hustle, 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 hustle. Yeah. Because I came from nothing and I just, you know, this trade just welcomed me in and I was doing it my way which I felt was the right way, and it was providing me with a result, and I just wanted to stick to that. So that was my slogan for a long time. Eventually, at the end, I'm like, you know what? And it, again, it comes down to the new era. People want to see that you could win trophies, right? So not too long ago, I entered my first piece for the first time, actually, and took first place, and I looked at my wife, and I'm like, look at that. It took me 20 years to enter something, and I walk out of here with first place. I haven't entered anything else after that. Yeah. That's it. I got that it. The scratch was over. It's like I could yeah. do it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of it all, I don't want to focus so much as an artist. And again, it's a mixture between how we used to feel like I don't want to do this and being, being able to keep up with these young cats that are coming out. So I think that what's important is to find for ourselves is to find a blend in between. Do things that are pro today that you're okay with. And then the things that you're really not okay with, they just don't do them. Because if it's going to make you bitter, then it's not going to work out. Right. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I honestly, I honestly think that I didn't start tattooing because I wanted to reform to society or I wanted to follow the lead. You know, I started tattooing because I wanted to be my own man. I wanted to be my own person. And I've managed to do that for 20 years. So I figured, at least for me at this point, I'm going to bring into the bag a couple of tricks that, you know, the young cats have in order for me to stay relevant or, or stay alive for a little longer. But at least in my case, in my career, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't give a shit. You know, I'm not going to change who I am now. You know, I might shave a little bit and mold a bit, you know, just to stay there with them. But I'm not going to change. Right. That's it. What's done is done. You know, what I've done, I've done. And what I've, you know, what I've felt, I've felt. And I'm here. And I'm just, just going to ride the wave until the end, you know. Like, I'm an old pirate, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm an old pirate. So, I mean, like you and I were talking about having tattooed for a while and starting to think about retirement or after tattooing and all those things. Um but I think it, it also applies or can be applied to newer tattooers or people just coming into the industry, yeah. which might be scary, like, let alone thinking about a five, ten year plan, you know, thinking about an entire career plan. <laughs> career plan. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but but it's a real thing. And, you know, we were talking yeah. about carpal tunnel pain, back pain, um, you know, Worst just enemy physical stuff. Uh, that's not even bringing up like all the mental struggles people go through mm -hmm. with tattooing. Um, but like financially, like, I mean, what's the plan for after tattooing or how can we prepare ourselves for when our body fails us? That's it. You That's know? it. I mean, I'll tell you what, John, I don't think that a lot of tattooers think past a week in front of them. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think that the industry of tattooing and the culture of tattooing, it's somewhat close to, I mean, we hate to, to put it in perspective that way, but it's true to the rock star life. And right. I think that a lot of tattooers have seen it like that. But I've also met a lot of tattooers that don't see it that way, that they see it the way I see it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't jump into this because I wanted to be a rock star. If I wanted to be a rock star, I would have learned how to play the guitar, which I love, and then yeah. I would have been a rock star, you know? Right. Um, tattooing was just something that, Allow me to be creative. Um, gave me instant gratification. Because, for example, I paint. I hate painting. It takes too long. 
You know, like two months into it, I'm like, oh, I'm done. Right. So I have like 10 paintings that I started and I never finished because I get inspired to do this and then I stop. Yeah. But tattooing is different because whether you want to or not, that client is going to come back and it's going to be like, yo, look, I'm ready for my next session. Yeah. So you have to put, put into it, right? So tattooing gives me the instant gratification that I've always wanted, right? And at least when I first started, it was even better because pieces were done in one shot. Yeah. You didn't have like several sessions. Everything was done in... One shot, I feel right? you like that because I'm the same way with my art. I'm very slow and I don't finish anything. So it's and like when I, can, when I finish the tattoo, I'm like, nice. Yeah. But um, going back to what you were saying, I mean, listen, um, financial stability for tattooers. Tattooers don't think a week ahead of them. And tattooers always believe that, oh, money's going to come in. And money's going to come in. You know, like maybe now things are a little shifty, a little different. You know, you have to take in consideration, like, again, uh, that. Uh, that diluting of tattooing as far as so many tattooers coming into the trade, so many tattooers coming into from other countries. And at least for us here in down, down South Florida, let's put it that way. You know I mean? We have tattooers coming from Central and South America and they stay nearby because, yeah. you know, the culture speaks the language, so they stay here. So for us that have been here for a long time, you know, the only thing that saves you is your clients. Yeah. And the fact that somewhat now you're tattooing the sons and daughters of your original yeah, yeah. clients, you know, right. which it makes you feel old as shit. Yeah. But um, <laughs> listen, man, uh, when it comes to tattooing and financial, I think, and this goes for you, I think that it's great to know that you're making a lot of money and it's great to pamper yourself a little bit and spend a little bit of the money you're making because if not, for what? Mm-hmm. But I've lived my tattoo career and again, it comes from the fact that I'm an immigrant. I came here with nothing. I did all kinds of freaking jobs you could imagine. And when I found tattooing, tattooing was so good to me that I was like, okay, so I have something good here. How can I make sure that this really helps me out and I don't fall on my face? Like, I want to make sure that I have stability not to ever struggle again, right? And my formula was I taught myself to live with 50% of what I made. Right. Because that way, when I sat down again, like I said, I'm a numbers guy. So when I sat down and I did the math, I'm like, wait a second. So 50% of what I'm making, it's still more than if I was working at a good office job. Hmm. So I got used to live with 50% of what I'm making. So I I teach a lot of my young clients, um, you need to be able to live with at least 80% of what you make. If you're not saving at least 20% of what you're making, you're going to find yourself in a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm in a lot of trouble, in a lot of future financial instability. And I think that financial stability is very, very key in survival. When you don't have a penny in your bank to fall back on, you tend to make harsh and drastic decisions, whether it's finding a new job, whether it's, you know, anything, you, you, you name it. But when you are financial, financially stable and you have a little cushion to kind of like take the hit, you could sit back and like really, really see everything the way that is coming to you and pick and choose which one you attack first, right? So you're not like, it's not like, you know, three guys throwing punches at you where you're like, holy shit, you know? Like you'll be able to like, okay, I see it coming. I know where it's coming. I could block it. So my advice to young tattooers or shoot, even tattooers that are still in the game tattooing and they're still somewhat having a, a profitable income, right? Save, invest, find ways. Everyone is different. And everyone is going to, you know, take care of themselves a different way. Like me personally, I like more guarantees. Like I messed around a little bit with Bitcoin. I made a lot of money at first and then I got hacked and I lost like almost 15 Gs. You know, like to me, Bitcoin was like, nope, I'm good with it. (laughs) And it's not 
for me, for me, and I know people who have made a lot of money, but for me, it wasn't, it didn't really give me what I wanted. Like, what I like, for example, is like, look, I, I, I purchased my house. Like, my goal was to pay my house. Yeah. I pay my house. So like, to me, that's financial stability. I know that tomorrow, God forbid, I die, my family is covered. They have a home, you know. I could die happy knowing that my family is not going to be out on the streets. You know, like, my wife is a very, very intelligent woman. She's a master's in psychology, so she will be all right without me, but I want to make sure that I did my part. You see what I'm saying? So that, for me, that was financial stability. I did a, a game plan. I stuck to it, and I did that for them. You know what I mean? Like, I know that as a family, we, we have that covered. Mm-hmm. Um, I like hard loans. Hard loans is when you become the bank for somebody that is buying a property. So you lend the money with an interest. That's what I like. That's passive income. You know, it's money that is coming in. Um, if you're listening to guys like Dave Ramsey, they believe in, you know, mutual funds, mutual bonds, and stuff like that. Um, where you put your money there and they invest your money and, you know, it, it works too. Like I'm saying, like, it's different for everybody, you know. Bank CDs, you know, you put a substantial amount of money in a bank CD for five months, it's not a lot. But if it gives you seven, $800, you know what I mean, in, in, in mm-hmm. five months, it's seven, $800 of money that you were not using, why not? Like, you have to look at it this way. Like, yeah. find different ways. And it's not, there's not one way of making money. There is a bunch of different ways of making money. You just have to find which is the one that works for you, whether you are risk taker or not, whether you like playing it safe. I, I, I'm black and white. So sometimes I'm like, God, blow it up. I want to lose it all. Right. Or make it. To the moon. To the moon, yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes I'm like, nope, I want it. Leave it there. Am I making what, 100? That's great. That's more than I was making tomorrow, yesterday. Yeah. You know, so... Different venues, different ways. So my advice is find what works for you as long as it makes you money. And don't look at, oh, it's only making me $100. Granted, but it's $100 more to that number that you have in the bank. And the question is, what were you doing? Like, we either blow it or we hotter it. You see what uh, I'm saying? Yeah. So if you blow it, you're fucked. And pardon me, but I have to say it that way. You're fucked. You're going to find yourself in a heart eventually. Because your hands are going to hurt. Tattooing is not going to provide you with as much as it was providing you at first. You're getting old. The new kids are slapping your ass. Cam now is like delete. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we're here like, ah, shit, fucking, you know, CBD <laughs> in our hands every day. <laughs> right. Hey, honey, can you put ice? You know, so realistically speaking, set yourself up for the future, man. Like find what works for you and do that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like find a side hustle. Like we were talking earlier today, um, Mark Longnecker, he, his side hustle, he became a yoga instructor. Yeah. Like, look, he could stop tattooing today and he would still make a living being a yoga instructor. Something that he could do without having to use his hands. Like for me, my side hustle actually uses my hands as well, but I, I have a printing company. So that's kind of like another side hustle that I have, plus the idea of investments. Like that's, this is the things that I spread myself into. You know what I mean? To be able to have something there for tomorrow. Like, I could retire. And I'm not telling you that I could retire right now and live plenty, but I, I, I could retire. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe I not stay in Miami because it's extremely expensive, but if I go to a place where the money that I have goes a long way, I could live the other 20 years of my life chilling mm-hmm. and happily. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be realistic with yourself. You have to know who you are. You have to stop spending money and giving, making other people rich. Like, have fun, do your thing, but... Remember that for every $1,000 you spend, somebody else became $1,000 richer, and now you are $1,000 poorer. Mm-hmm. Like, what could that $1,000 could have done to you? Okay, you had a great weekend, and then what? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I mean, my advice is find ways of 
investing your money. If you're making the money, do the math. Do the math. If you can live with 50% of what you make, that's great. The other 50% should go into investments, into savings, into CDs, into whatever. You know what I mean? Have enough in your personal account to pay for your personal bills and then a little extra just in case. And the rest of the money, don't let it sit there. Money in the bank is only making money for the bank. Money in the bank doesn't make you money. You know what I mean? So that would be my advice to new tattooers and old tattooers that are still in the game. They're still making money. Plan. Because I'm telling you, I'm 45 years old right now, and I don't want to see myself at 60 with no money coming in. Like, that would suck. Yeah. That would really suck. If not, then I'll work at Sedano's, you know. And I'll be that old man talking about, yeah, man, I'm Loco Dharma. Tattooed for 25, 30 years in Miami. I was great. You know, I had a shop and everything. And now I'm here bagging fucking food for everybody. Yeah. You know, and it happens. You know, and it happens. It's real deal. It's real life. You know, we've seen it happen over and over and over again. So we're talking about adjusting and we're talking about evolving. Well, you know, I think that that's one of the things that tattooers need to evolve on. We need to really become self-sustained and self-financially, you know, strong. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's important. A lot of people ask about my setup and the ink I use. All I use is Allegory Ink. We have the white, the black, and the ultra black. This is my total setup right here. Get yours at allegoryinc.com. We got a discount code for you, unemployable for 20% off all their ink. Again, allegoryinc.com. Yeah, and I think it, you know, tattooing, at least from what I've seen, it it was kind of born from this like easy come, easy go lifestyle. Right. And I just I remember my first couple of years tattooing, like we just you know like skinny and all those guys like we would make maybe like 200 bucks in the day and it was like we would spend a hundred of it that day Easy. yeah and Easy. hopefully the other hundred made it to the bank yeah. sometimes maybe. it did <laughs> maybe you know <laughs> in case you call me and you had a machine for sale right but it would be like oh it's fine because i have a tattoo I'll make it tomorrow. tomorrow yeah i'll make it tomorrow it's and then okay. tomorrow turns into five years and mm -hmm. and whatever um I think you nailed it, though. Like, uh, the first thing you have to do is you have to learn how to save. Yeah. yeah. Right? First thing you have to do is you have to learn how to save. Which is hard after a year of getting not but paid. Not. <laughs> but, it's but it's not. not. It's really not. No, it's really you not. you just learn to live off of nothing. 100%. There you go. There you 100%. Go. You see? That's but, like, you get a little bit of it, and you're like, uh -huh. I want to spend wait, 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 it. Wait, 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 wait. But that's the mentality. Remember what I said? Yeah. When I started tattoo, and I started making a lot of money. And then I quickly realized, I mean, granted, I worked at Corporate America. I wasn't making bad money. You know, like I managed medical records department. I wasn't making bad money. But then I realized I'm making a lot more money than I was making when I was a professional. Yeah. yeah. You see where I'm coming from? Mm -hmm. So I sat down and I did my numbers and I did a formula and I realized that my formula was 50. You need to sit down and do your formula. But I'm going to tell you something. It's hard at your age to not spend money. Right. Agreed. But if you start now, I promise you this. By the time you're my age, you will be a millionaire. If you do it the right way and you do this formula for yourself, it's not easy, but it's not hard because John just said it. You learn for a whole year to live with mere nothing. So what's to say that now you cannot live with 50% of what you're making? 100%. It's 50% more than yeah. what you were living with. Mm -hmm. And it's all ego because <laughs> you, know? you get to the end of the apprenticeship and you're, all you want to be is a tattooer. Mm -hmm. You want to be like all the other tattooers and you want to have the machines they have, the mm -hmm. cars they have, mm -hmm. the fucking you know, uh, sexual attraction that you Everything. think they have. You want to be able to go out and have the dinners and eat <laughs> whatever it is, bro. And whatever it's like, it is. don't fall into that, which no, is yeah. near impossible. And I'll yeah, always say would... like when you get a bump or like a money increase or promotion or whatever it is, our kind of little rule that we have, like Seth, Jay, 
okay, go out, have one night. Have one crazy yeah. night. Don't spend all your money, but, yeah. like, you can be, like, extravagant once. You can yeah. feel it, whatever, yeah. and then, like, buckle back down and, mm-hmm. like, get into the, the savings, yeah. you know, because it sucks to know you're making a lot of money and be fucking broke. And then you have nothing. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. the fucking worst. You want me to tell you what I, what I would suggest? Look, we live... South Florida has a thing, whether it's down south in Miami or up here, we party animals. Like, we have a lot of partying going on. Like, we have clubs that stay open 24-7. Like, you can literally walk out at 7 o'clock in the morning like, oh, my God. But the truth of the matter is this. It's repetitive. Mm -hmm. It's always the same shit. It's always the same people. Just hopping around from the same thing. So, my advice is this, like John says. You want one day to go on, like, just go do that. But for the most part, find things that are... Fun to do and not necessarily things that are going to take all of your money. Save your money and take one good trip a year. Because I'll tell you this. In tattooing, there is such a thing as burning up. People are going to tell you, oh, I never burned up. Yes, no, there that's is. A, yes, there it's is. a true thing. Yes, there yeah. is. There is such a thing as burning out. Like if you stay focused and focused and on it and on it and on it, eventually You're gonna it's going to tire you out. Yeah. There's so many things to, to juggle, so many things to handle. So... Take a week vacation once a year to go wherever, bro. Fucking Niagara Falls, River, you know, Lazy River. Go to Europe. Go to go, go to a place where you're not going to be hectic. Go to a place where you're really going to be able to, like, relax or sightseeing and do things that are not tattoo related. So that way when you come back, you come back missing tattooing because you haven't tattooed for a week or two mm-hmm. now. But you also come back with a memory that will last you at least half, half a year, six months into. And then the other six months, you're looking forward to your next, next adventure. One. You see what I'm coming from? Yeah. Because that is the best money that you could spend. I've traveled, I'm going to say a lot, but not a lot, not as much as I wish that I would have for, you know, obviously, obvious reasons, you know, kids and then, you know, taking care of, you know, moms and dads and stuff like that. But I'm going to tell you this, traveling is the best money you're ever going to spend. So if you're going to spend money, that money that you're supposed to be saving, if you're going to spend it, spend it in traveling. Because it's going to give you a lot more than the money you spend going out to a club every weekend with your buddies. You know what I'm saying? For that, just buy yourself a nice barbecue, buy yourself a nice $30 bottle of vodka, take your friends, invite your friends over, and then you guys just, you know, mm-hmm. have barbecue and drinks and talk shit. Because at the end, you're doing the same thing. You're just bumping with sweaty people in a dark club just <laughs> <laughs> and spending money. You're making that club owner rich. You and all your buddies are making that club owner rich. Instead, have fun outside of that. Don't put yourself in scenarios where you're going to have to hit somebody and break your wrist. See, now it's going to cost you a lot more money. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, think ahead. Play chess. If you play chess, you're gonna be you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be all right. You know, think ahead. Two, three steps ahead. And when you start to save money, you have the ability to reinvest in yourself, right? Amen. Um, so whether it's like on your machine or whether it's like traveling to a convention, I can't tell you how many times I've seen artists that really want to do a convention, but they don't have the money to put up to put for up the to booth for or the, the travel yeah. or whatever it is. Or knowing take, Or take a chance that they're going to pay for all of these things and not going to make the money. Right, right. That's going to put them in the red, yeah. And, and most of the time, like, we go to the convention and we put all our money up and we fucking crush it for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you know? we just make our money back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but being able to, like, take those risks. Yeah. You know, being able to advance, being able to afford a free day to push our limits on a tattoo to add it to our portfolio like the cushion you're talking about you know and i think one of the biggest things for me um honestly around your age and and wanting to uh 
save and become financially stable is like learning how to uh, ask and receive help. Yes. Right. Um, like being able to go up to someone and say like, I don't know how to manage my finances and like, I'm embarrassed cause I feel like I should, Yeah. you know, and going to professionals, um, whether it's a financial advisor or just like hanging around, um, with people that were what I wanted to be, Yes. you know, that um, important. and like, not just like chilling with my other boys that were broke. And like, we have such a valuable tool that I feel like not of a lot of tattooers, use and that's the ability uh to get help from our clients yeah bro every day almost like every week at least once a week i have a millionaire in the chair yeah you know and you you do too sometimes and it's like why wouldn't i ask them how they did it or how they manage or their brains if they could help you know or whatever it is and and not like saying like oh we should just use our clients for everything we have but like a lot of times Mm -hmm. like i'm in a good conversation with them and they feel like I'm helping them by giving them art. Why wouldn't I be like, hey, you know, I'm kind of struggling with this. Do you know anything yeah. about it? You know? Everybody, listen. Every successful person is going to be more than happy to talk to you about how they make their success. Like, remember, at the end of it all, we're humans. And humans have ego. Whether we want to or not, whether we have it on check or not, humans have ego. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I have to catch myself. And I have to be like, nope. Yeah, don't cross that line because if you cross the line, then now you've been, you've been braggy. You know what I mean? Like you stopped being an advisor and, you know, trying to help somebody. And now you just became a bragger about your accomplishments. Right. So I even have to put myself in check. So everyone that has made their fortune is going to be okay giving you pointers. They might not give you the main core pointers that make them millionaires, but they're going to give you more than what you had. So what Johnny's saying is don't be afraid to engage in a conversation and don't be afraid to ask. Pick their brains. You're going to spend six hours with the person anyways. Might as well. You yeah, know what I they're mean? Proud. I've they're proud. They're proud of it. I've learned yeah. a lot from my clients. Like yeah. I said, I mean, if I wish that I had that mentality. And it's funny because I've learned a lot more from my clients in the last three years when I have been just on a one-on-one. Yeah. Because I've been able to focus in a conversation and really get those things to like click. Yeah. Rather than just conversation to make conversation but then you're handling so many other things and one ear to your client and the other ear to your employees. You know, like it's hectic, you know. But, um, yeah, pick their brains. Anybody. I love it. Like, I love talking business. Like, it's fun. It's another way it can be creative. And I've done it so much with my clients. Like, sometimes they come in and they pop in the chair and they're like, I got an idea for you. (laughs) And it's like, cool, we're just talking business plans the whole time. Even if it turns into nothing, like, for me, it's fun. But it might inspire something else. And, you know, I've started countless business with clients. I mean, Jay originally was a client, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, we had our whole history together, but I just saw this dude coming in. He like had money. He looked happy when we talked. His morals were intact, like family was important to him and all these things. And I was like, this is a solid dude. I'm going to ask him how he essentially built his empire, you know, And, and and you're right. And he was proud of it. Not egotistical, but proud enough to explain a little bit to me. He was older, and, and that's happened, you know, over and over again. And, you know, sometimes the advice is relevant, and we can apply it, and sometimes it's not. And, and we can just quietly decide that for ourselves. Uh, I'm always like, yo, go to professionals at the end of the day. So, like, um, having, you know, my account and having my financial advisor, and if I come across some of these um, – you know, more entrepreneurial or like rogue ideas, 
I'll bring it to them and be like, hey, what do you what do you guys yeah. professionals? What do you think yeah. about this idea? I will tell you. I will tell you this. It's always good to go to a financial advisor, but I would say careful because it depends on the financial advisor that you encounter yourself with. True. Because, True. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that I got screwed. I, by all means, I didn't. Um, I was just put in a position where I thought I was somewhere else, and when I really looked at it, I was like, I. I a whole life. I did a yeah. whole life insurance. Yeah. And dude, I was paying 550 bucks a month, you know, yeah. and it was coverage for me and my wife. And then eventually one day, and again, you know, it's one of those things that it's explained to you, but the paper says something else. And then eventually one day I put it down to somebody else and they're like, well, no, you cover for it. You cover for it. I think it was like 250. I'm like, wait, wait, wait what do you mean? It's like, yeah, your wife is covered for 800,000, but you cover it. I'm like, so if I die, my family gets 250. I'm like, they don't need that shit. I already, I already got yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, but if, my wife dies, you give me 800. Like, I don't need 800 if my wife dies. Like, I could hold my own self. Like, I need yeah. my wife to be covered. So I realized that it wasn't working for me. Right. And it goes to the fact that a financial advisor makes money because he places you in all of these um, portfolios right. where they make commission out of. Not just the initial commission where they sign you up to it, but every time you pay, they get a small percentage of that. So they want you to get into portfolios that are going to make them money. But you need to ask yourself, is it for the best interest of myself? So yes, talk to a financial advisor. And now I'm going to give advice that goes against the, uh, the whole tattooing <laughs> right. and the people knowing right. you know, about tattooing, right? But it's different. Like what we do is very straightforward, right? What we do is we sit down, we give you a piece of art. You've seen what I could do. Simple, like that's it. there's not yeah. much to it, right? Mm -hmm. But when it comes to financial, so many different variants, man. Like yeah. it's like, it's like veins in a body. You know what I mean? So careful who you sit down with and make sure that they are in the best interest of your future finances. So the advice is there's a lot of plenty of information out there. So just, you know, your spare time when you're doing 30, 40 minutes in your car or riding your bike around the neighborhood, have one ear plugged into whatever, you know, podcast or whatever financial goon you could follow. Everyone, anyone, it doesn't really matter. Because remember, as long as you're getting things into your head, not everything is going to stay, which is like John said a little while ago. But the one thing that stays is on your portfolio in the back of your head. And then eventually you can make a more educated right, uh, decision when you sit down in front of that financial person because they can't go around it. You already know the dip. You already know really what you're looking for. You just want them to be the one, the bridge to do it. Yeah. And again, careful, because the idea of putting your money into places is for your money to work for you, not necessarily to make that financial advisor more money. So it needs right. to be in a sense that really works for you. Don't be so quick to jump. Don't trust people for a handshake. I mean, I come from the time where if you shook my hand and you looked at my eyes, solid, right? Like yeah. I just literally grabbed your balls. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it used to be like that. Like now I have people that shake your hands like, oh, bro, my word. Right, nothing. <laughs> Shit, I should have signed the paper. You know? <laughs> it's unfortunate, but it's true. Yeah. But I think it's great to just be talking about it. To yes. be aware. Yes. You know, to try things. Yes. And, like, you know, you go s small. You yes. know? And, and you end up what you're comfortable with. Like, yeah. you know, not that any of us are, like, financial advisors or whatever, but, like, my experience was when I started testing the waters on some of these things outside of tattooing, like, I was doing it with amounts of money that didn't really matter if I lost if it. If you blew it, you blew you know, it. Yeah, like whether I was going to make some stickers and try to sell them at a convention yeah. or make some merch or paintings. Uh -huh. 
you know, and then maybe a couple of those things went well, and then I did some bigger investments or whatever. But it was never like, let me take my whole life savings and, and like put it, it into this something. one thing, right? Yeah. Um, and, and just common sense yeah. stuff. But I think it's good to be talking about it, talking about it with others. Hey, what did you try? What worked? What didn't work? And and doing that. And with everything that's like a side hustle or outside of tattooing, I think you have to be prepared and also understand that it's more work. Yes, it right? is more. It is more. Because sometimes people think, all right, I'm going to work fucking 50 hours a week and I want more, but I'm still going to work 50 hours a week. Nothing no, more is going to fucking happen. It's not going to happen. You know, like you have to just put more time in. And if yeah. you're not okay with that, it's not the time to start a side thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 like I was telling you, my side hustle is sprinting, right? So if you guys want to check it out, if you don't mind if I just put it out there. No, go ahead. Yeah, go for it. If you want to check it out at Dharma Printing in Instagram, you'll see everything that I do and I do plenty. But um, when I started doing it, it was the same idea. I mean, my, the good thing about me is that I'm not afraid of working. Like, I'm a workaholic. Yeah. Like, I find myself now tr pushing myself to work less because I need to start weeding out and I need to focus more on family and more on myself, too, because right. eventually you'll burn out. But when I started the printing company, I knew that it wasn't going to be within my 12 to 9 at Dharma. So my printing company, I literally started taking Saturdays off from working at Dharma because now I work only Monday through Friday. But then my Saturday, Sunday, and those five hours, if I wake up at six and I'll work three, four hours in the morning, you know what I mean? Just to get yeah. some shit done. And if my tattooing was done by six or seven, then I will stay at the shop for another two, three hours to continue on that job. So yeah, you're right. The side hustle is not necessarily the same amount of times that you were working before. It's exactly what it is. It's a side hustle. Like right. <laughs> anything that makes you money, you have to put time into it, which is why learning how to invest your money in banks mm -hmm. and stuff like that is great because you're not working. Whether you make a hundred or you make a thousand, it doesn't matter. You're not, all, all you did was sit down with somebody and be like, put this amount of money here. Give me that percentage. Put an alarm in your phone, knowing that five months into it, you're going to have to like go to the bank and be like, hey, what's your rate again? Right? So, but you're not really making moving fingers to that you know what i mean like side hustles that make that, that that are physical you are gonna have to put in more work and then you could get burned that burned out right. so you have to be very careful with how you balance spread it. yourself because then i mean remember they, they say that uh, in spanish they say that um that he who he who goes in you know in, in spanish I, I don't know how to translate it but he who goes into uh, who tries to grab so much doesn't squeeze hard enough. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. in reality, let's be honest. I mean, if you grab a guy that is 300 pounds, could you really squeeze him as hard as if you grab just the fucking neck? No, not really. You could, you know. Right. So smaller, tighter, more control rather than all over the place. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it is definitely important to actually learn about it. Yeah. Like don't 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 give yourself. And when I say yourself, I mean all of you guys. Don't don't give yourself such a such a heavy burden, like, oh, my God, I have to be, like, this financial wizard. Now, listen, bro, I'm nowhere near a financial wizard. But at least I am in, 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 a, in a road to it and a journey to learning more. You know what I mean? At least I'm aware that I need to. And yeah. I think that that's important. Mm -hmm. As long as, like, being an alcoholic, you know, like, the fact that you're aware that, man, I'm drinking too much. That's it. That's your first step. Like, everything else, you yeah. have to build on it. But be aware. Know that it's something that you need to look into and know that it's something that you need to work into. You know what I mean? And like John said, try to get as much information as you can on it. And if you have clients that are already, you know, financial, financially invested and they have already made their, you know, their riches, let me pick your brain. You know, let me grab the little axe and think, think, 
Because, I mean, he might have information that I can reach. I don't have enough capital to actually do what he did. But sure. maybe I could do what he did in a smaller portion, which is what you do. You know, like maybe I can, I, I, I can, I can put a million dollars to invest in a company, but maybe I could invest 10 Gs and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and if I lose it, it's going to suck. Nobody right. wants to lose 10 Gs, you know, but it's not going to create such a dent that is going to set me back. You know, it's, there's enough cushion back there for me to be like, fuck, that sucked. Oh, fuck it. We tried it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's definitely like probably the hardest thing to learn after your apprenticeship, the finances stuff, like becoming an artist and stuff. Now. Yeah. Don't learn it after. Because mm-hmm. once you finish your apprenticeship, John was saying, you're going to start making money. You're going to want to keep up with the life and your peers. Now you got the title. Now you got the wings. What happens when you get your wings? What do you want to do? Live. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> learn now that you're still in the nest. Yeah. So when you actually get your wings and you are ready to fly, you know which direction to take because you already learned, the, you already know about the place where you want to go. See, mm-hmm. see it that way. You know? You got your wings? They're growing. They're growing. You got feathers. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they're like chicken, they're like buffalo wild wings. <laughs> <laughs> little ones, but they're growing. So hopefully this was helpful for you. Uh, if anyone else has like questions, comments, or anything that they want to send in and have us bring up on the podcast, you know, we'd love to. Uh, we are at the point where we got to close down. Mm-hmm. So first off, thank you so much for coming, thank you guys for having making me. the trip. Hey guys, yeah, we have to get the fake license to actually come here. You know, saying <laughs> hey, I'm only thirty, I could be here. <laughs> no, for real. Um, it was awesome being here with you guys. You guys are doing yeah. amazing. I mean, I love what you guys are doing. I've seen so many faces that I know sitting at this same very chair. And <laughs> I do appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to be here. You know, chit chat, and mingle with you guys, and talk tattoos and talk shit. It's awesome. So I would commend you guys to continue doing what you guys are doing. I will keep watching you guys and laughing about all the stories and hopefully you know you guys continue to help out the uh the community not just the new tattooers that are coming in but maybe bringing a little bit of sweet flavor into the old tattooers yeah, that right yeah. now are starting to feel a little bitter about mm-hmm. the whole scenario you know what yeah. i mean um i think it's great because i think that when you and i started tattooing it was not that easy to sit down with a with a tattooer that you really no. didn't know from your circle and just vibe and the truth yeah. of the matter is that if we really put it in perspective, look, we just spent, what, two and a half hours here just talking shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know you guys more than what I see you guys, you know what right. I mean, on, on the podcast. So realistically speaking, I think that we are at that portion in our careers, in, in our industry where drop the bullshit, drop the toughness, ain't nobody that fucking tough. Yeah. Like it's not, you know, the 90s or the early There's 2000s. enough clients for everybody. We don't need, yeah, we don't need to. Yeah. Listen, bro, there's, there's enough clients for everyone, but at the end of it all, what really, really gets you to the next level in this industry, it's networking, it's connections, it's knowing people. Because you do the same thing that everybody else does. Right. So if I could be your homeboy, respecting what you do and respecting your trade and respecting you as a person, and I could be John's homeboy and doing the same thing, at the end of it all, what is the worst case scenario that we're going to see each other at a convention, give, you know, give a handshake, a hug, yeah. and what's right. up, bro? Let's exactly. have a beer later. I mean... What's hurting you? Right. Like, why would I hate on yeah. you? You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been at conventions where I've been out of the loop for so long. Because, I mean, I stopped doing conventions a while ago. But I remember when I was in the circuit, being at conventions where I was sending people over to other people. And I remember recently, maybe a couple of years ago, when I did a convention, I mean, I found myself hustling and getting work. But I had a, a buddy of mine. He's like, yo, look, are you working? I'm like, somebody fuck for tomorrow. I have nothing. He's like, I have somebody for you. He wants to get something Japanese. And that's your shit. 
And he sent it to me. And I was able to work Sunday because a body of mine sent it to me. So again, networking and dropping that, I'm a tough guy. And Listen, bro, a friendly competition is a beautiful thing because it just puts fire in our asses. But at the end of it all, we don't need to have that animosity and that rivalry that we had back in the days. I mean, going to a convention was pretty freaking scary back then. Yeah. So again, I commend you guys for what you're doing. You guys are bringing down curtains of toughness and all of this stupidity, which is just going to separate us more. And the more separated we are as a community, the worse it is for all of us at the, in the long run. You know what I'm saying? So again, I appreciate you guys. Unemployed. I mean, we haven't, we have been unemployed for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but um, thank you guys. I really appreciate you guys having me here. And then, course, like I said, it will be fun to continue watching you guys see where you guys go with the next oh, level. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Cam, take us out. Thank you guys for joining us on today's episode of Unemployable. We'll catch you next week. Finger gun. Thanks. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode of the Unemployable Podcast. We have the Unemployable t-shirt. It's okay. Also, we have a variety of other clothing on the modelcitizenapparel.com. You can even use discount code CAMSUCKS for 10% off. Why are you guys standing behind me?